You are listening to In The Queue with Bruce Coombs, a podcast where we discuss how to help grow your accounting and legal practice with industry thought leaders. Today, Bruce Coombs, the founder and director at QuickFee, is meeting with Alastair Marshall, a keynote speaker and the director of professional services business development. Bruce and Alastair are discussing today how to generate leads and grow your practice. So you've worked with so many firms around trying to get a a BD culture, trying to get, uh, I suppose, partners to move from just being technicians to being business development people. I mean, firms want to grow. I know you've helped so many firms on their their growth journey. Um, If it's okay with you, I might just just dive in and maybe ask a couple of questions. But firstly, maybe try to give us a little bit about your background and what makes you um, a specialist in this area. Well, it's quite strange, Bruce. Uh, up until the GFC, go back 2008, 2009, my background was actually in fast-moving consumer goods. And that's where I learned the tools and the sales processes that actually work really well in professional services firms. Um, and when I decided to take my own business and move away from Planet Corporate at that time, all I met were lawyers, accountants, bankers, financial services people who couldn't demonstrate their expertise and couldn't verbalise or write down why they were better than the next lawyer, accountant, or banker. Uh, So I thought that's where the opportunity is. These are the people who need some assistance. So Mm. I rewrote all the things that I had that were available for grocery companies and repurposed it all and read lots of books and webinars and spoke to lots of managing partners in professional services firms uh, and learnt the way and how to introduce it into this market so they could get the results they were hoping for. Yeah. I mean, it's interesting just picking up on one word that you've used there, and that word is process. Right Now, if you were in logistics, you would have a process to, to load the truck, to make sure it goes to the right, the right, right depot, to the right retailer, whatever it might be along the supply chain. Right? Sales is a process. Sure. And no doubt inside a, a legal or an accounting firm, the production of professional work is also a process, but it's the one that seems to get more attention. What, what maybe can you give us a war story or an example maybe of where you've been able to take a firm on a little bit of a journey from processing the work to processing leads or processing new business or, or processing referrals even? Well, first of all, let me express huge empathy with many of the people listening because where do they learn this skill set? Mm. So you go to law school, it's not really on the curriculum. If you, I always think, and I might create some debate here, I often think accountants are better at this discipline than lawyers, uh, to be proven perhaps. Um, But again, you don't learn this when you're going through accountancy exams. But there comes a time where you have to appreciate that when you go into a legal or accounting, if you just want a job rather than a career, if you wait for the work to arrive, then that's fine. But if you you want a, a real career move with partnership and so on, the chances are you're going to have to be able to introduce revenues uh, into the practice. So uh, they do have a challenge, twofold. The first one's visibility, so people are unlikely to hire you or indeed the firm if they've never heard of you. And the second piece is credibility. Once they've heard of you, why are they gonna choose you rather than someone Mm. else? So where lawyers and accountants tend to uh, be in a good place is that everybody needs legal and accounting services as a business. So there is a, a demand in place but most people already have a supplier. Mm. So that incumbent supplier challenge comes up all the time. And so in this day and age, no one really hires generalists. Everybody's looking for the expert. 
And you can't now just tell people that you're better than the next lawyer or accountant and expect them to believe you because they won't. Mm. So the idea of systems and processes, it saves you time and energy. Uh, and and you know, too many lawyers and accountants waste valuable revenue and time. Might, some people might say those two things are the same resource. Uh, by chasing people who either have no need for what they're offering or can't afford the prices that they wish to charge. Mm. So it might come back, the whole system and process starts with understanding what the ideal client looks like. And if that client is everybody, then you're in a world of hurt. It's interesting, like you talk to, uh, you can talk to accountants and lawyers, and if you said to them, what's your, your, your main source of new business? Nearly all of them would say referrals. But, you know, I've been around the accounting profession all my working life and uh, did litigation support with lawyers. So I've met my share of accountants and lawyers. But when you ask them, well, what is your system for referrals? That seems to be a bit of a gap. What, what, what have you found? There's three pots of revenue. So if you imagine if you're in accounting practice, you have repeatable revenue, which might be audit work. Hmm. So that comes every year, but you're not really in control of it. Then you have years where your clients are busy. So naturally you become busy, but again, you're not really in control of it. The third pot of money is the proactive revenue where you actively go out and try and win mm. it. And that tends to be the only pot of revenue that you can influence. But it's the one that people deal with the least because it's outside the comfort zone. So the opportunity is huge. Now, when I go and work with lawyers and accountants and other professionals, and I ask them, how have you built your practice to date? Everybody says we've done it through word of mouth referrals. And I go, fantastic, here we are approaching the end of another year. How many clients have you asked for a referral from this year? And people will go all quiet and start you know, going missing in action. So there has to be a system and a process. So again, I have sympathy with these people because they've never been shown how to do it. So there's a fear of people saying no, yeah. or people ask, uh, they don't know the right time to ask, they don't ask the right, right people, and they don't ask in the right way. Mm. So there's a number of upskilling things that can happen there. Clearly, clients are a great opportunity, people who are happy with what you've done before. But there has to be a, a trigger moment, if you like, to make that the best time to ask. So unfortunately, in Australia, there are still heaps of accounts and lawyers who don't have a, a client satisfaction scheme, mm. which is the best way to create a trigger system. Mm. So when people give you a 9 or 10 score and then they're really happy, is the best time to ask them. The other thing is, is that uh, specificity is the best way. You need to be asking for people's names or specific people. Mm. If you ask, does anybody know anybody who needs any legal or accounting mm. advice, the answer will always be no. Mm. You know, do you know Bruce from Quickfee? The answer might be yes. Mm. So with, um, the best will in the world, you know, Sydney's not London. Mm. Okay, not necessarily on six degrees of separation. There's a bit mm. of a village mentality here. People mm. went to similar schools or sports teams. Mm. So it's probably two degrees of separation. Mm. But you have to know who you want the referrals for and you need to be able to demonstrate to the people you're asking for a referral why you're a good option. Look, absolutely. And uh, like I was the managing partner of an accounting firm for 15 years and one of the things I certainly learnt is that the bad clients hang out together and the good clients hang out together. So asking the good clients surely is a, is a, is a better way down that path. There's, a, uh, there's an accounting firm in the United States and every single thing they send out, whether it's a letter, a tax return, an audit, whatever it is, comes with a three-question questionnaire. Simply asking, were we good enough? You know, I think that goes to your point around specificity. But, but how do you get every partner in the firm or even every 
senior associate in a law firm or manager in an accounting firm to have a similar mindset? Well, first of all, um, I'm not a believer that you'll ever get a perfect utopian world where everybody's on board. Mm. And if I'm honest, if I go and work with a law firm with 10 partners, I'm going to say three or four people will absolutely love what I'm talking about and go, this is exactly what we've been waiting for. There'll be two or three people who, whatever I do, that's not why I entered mm. the profession, it's not for me. Mm. And the two or three people in the middle who could go either way. And I talk about the, the water cooler conversation. So when I've left, they go to the water cooler. If they engage with the positive people first, they're on side. I've got six mm. or seven out of 10. If I get six or seven out of 10, I don't need the other two or three. Mm. The other thing is far too many organizations focus their training, learning and development efforts on making substandard people average. And at best, all you create is an average organization. What you need to do is concentrate on the average and above average people and make them outstanding, then you can grow your practice to an outstanding practice. But too many people or HR people don't think like that. They try and get people who don't cut the mustard to get average. And that's where all the focus is and it's a real miss of opportunity. Look, it is, I mean, average is the cream of the bottom. Sure. Average is the absolute top of the bottom. Yeah. That's all it is. So being average doesn't really cut it, especially in such a competitive environment in which we now find ourselves where you know, most things you want to know about tax or the law are on the internet. So it's around interpretation. It's around the application of that sure. to, a, to a client's uh, specific circumstances. But just to perhaps to answer the question more succinctly, you asked me, I think, how do I get more people to engage? Mm. You know, individuals who work in a, a lawyer's or accountancy practice are much like clients. Everyone has different motivations. So you need to understand what motivates different people. And there probably needs to be um, focus. There needs to be um, an outline of what expectations are. Mm. There needs to be an element of assistance, whether that be financial or a time resource dedicated to it. So if you want people to focus on business development, you need to talk to them about, you know, how many hours a week Mm. should be allocated to it. Maybe there's an element of training and upskilling to give people the confidence to get out from behind the desks and go and build the mm. relationships that are necessary. And maybe some incentives are in place. And very often I'll go and talk to managing partners of firms who tell me they have an incentive scheme in place. And I say, when's the last time you paid out? Like, ah, they have yeah. to think about it. So it's not in everybody's minds. Plus you've got, at the moment, you, know, you have got a reasonable turnover of staff. So if, it, if it's not a focus for some people who've joined, that's another opportunity. And certainly in most professional services firms, support staff are rarely the highest paid. So quite often incentive schemes are only financial, they're only aimed at fee earners. And then you have a huge resource of support staff who could help the organization introduce mm. new relationships, but they're never considered. Mm. And people are not just financially motivated anymore, lots of people are lifestyle. So, you know, rather than give someone financial, it could well be give them a half a day off or a day off or pay for them to go to a spa weekend or, mm. you know, a gym membership. There's lots of different ways of doing it. So rather than management insist on a way it's done, I often think engage with the people and ask them, you know, what this is the behavior that we'd love you to undertake. What type of incentive would help us get you there? Mm. And I think it's very interesting you, re you reference incentivising behaviour as opposed to incentivising billable hours. If billable hours is the only incentive, there's no incentive to go and find a new client, it's just work as long as possible on the existings. Sure. And if I take that a step further, I know that you're a true believer in the importance of firms having specialties. You know, you can't, you can't boil the ocean, so go and choose a small lake that maybe you can boil and you can be an expert in. 
you know, can you think of firms which have had real success? Yeah, you know, don't name them, but, but, but typical firms which have had real success by being experts in, a, in an area or even partners of uh, an experts in an area. Yeah, so um, in accounting and new in accountancy, well, still no in accountancy practice, that all they deal with is taxes and things like yep. that. Yep. So if you're, they understand everything about you know how law and taxes are affected in that business. They are the experts. No one will know that market better than them. Excellent thing for them. In the law, I know people who just do drone law. Hmm. Drones are very you know wow. of the day. That's all he does. Thedronelawyer.com.au, and you know if you wow. want to know anything about that particular niche, that's it. So I talk to people about own a market, not the market. Mm. And you, you need to, you know, maybe have two or three industry sectors where you really genuinely have an expertise, but you can't fake it. Mm. So when I, you know, God forbid, when I decided that uh, professional services firms were going to be my future 10 or 12 years ago, I read three books on how to run a professional services firm because mm. I needed to understand the language and the vocabulary mm. and the, the daily life and the challenges and the financials and all those kind of things. And to have credibility when I talk to senior people, I needed to understand it. So, for example, when I'm giving speeches, I often talk about if you want to be the go-to accountant or lawyer for a, a, the medical practices or dentists, for example, you need to read a book on how to run a dental practice. Mm. Right? And you need to understand that in a dentist, the biggest financial thing they do is uh, get an x-ray machine. You can't operate without mm. it. It's the biggest asset they have to fund. Mm. So if you don't understand that, it's going to be hard to be seen as the expert in your field. Mm. But then if you then go and, you know, the thing is you then understand where the dentists meet in groups. Mm. So you know where to go speaking. You know where, to, when you write articles, where to place mm. them. You know where to go networking. Mm. You know which online sites to go and visit. You know which LinkedIn groups to engage with. So it becomes, you know, a huge differential. And to go back to the referrals piece, Joint venture partners are much easier to acquire when you share the same target market. Mm. You know, we're sat here today, essentially, because we share the same target market. Absolutely. And, um, you know, I have a group of people that I meet regularly who provide all the services into professional services that I don't do. So whether that's software, HR, building websites, copywriting, banking, accounting, all those things, I have relationships with those people. Mm. We don't compete, but we all looking after the same people. So it's a good way to be. Look, absolutely. And even for, um, like you look at the, the audience here, accountants and lawyers, they are the, the natural referrers as between each other. Sure. Right? So it makes sense. If you want, you want referrals, and if you're a lawyer, hang out with accountants, they're the kind of client you want. They've got dental clients, great. That's what you want, fantastic. And vice versa, you know. And I think those referrals, when they come, from a warm lead like that. It's just so much easier for the fee earner to, to turn that into a future client. Um, comparing that to say advertising and Google AdWords and websites and these sort of things, is there, is there something you'd like to share around effectiveness or otherwise, of seminars, advertising, etc.? Sure, so um, I like to talk to people about having, or successful firms will have up to 20 routes to market to generate interesting leads or quality leads. So if you are overly reliant on referrals, if referrals isn't working for you, you're scratching mm. So I talk to people about the expert model, which contains three things. So experts do three things better than generalists. So they speak, they write, and they network on and offline. And the, the online has clearly gone through the roof over the last 20 months where we've mm. had you know, challenges around COVID. But we have a lot of tools 
that we're much more familiar with and comfortable with using that we didn't have then. So, you know, people say, oh, well, I've not been able to do any BD, Alistair, because, you know, we've been locked behind our desks at home working mm. remotely. And I go, well, actually, I wrote my 20 routes to market down and I was still able to do 17 of them working remotely. Yeah. Yeah. So I don't take that as an as a, as a excuse at all. So there's lots of things that people can do to enhance the profile. And as I mentioned earlier, you know, raising of this visibility and credibility. But going back to systems and processes, I'll say to people, give me a minimum of two hours a week for BD. Don't choose Mondays and Fridays. Often there's too many distractions. Mm. And try and do it over lunchtime, which will always allow you to get out from behind your desk. So I did a research piece a couple of years ago where I asked 150 professional services firms in Australia and New Zealand how many dollars and how many hours it took to onboard new quality clients, and they shared it with me. So I've got a fairly good data bank of what works and what doesn't. And whilst people spend uh, a number of hours behind the desk uh, writing articles, doing social media, all these things, when I actually asked them what did it look like when they closed it, it, we were doing what we're doing now. We were looking people in yeah. the face. Now, that might have been overtaken now by Zoom or Teams, but the idea is still the same. It's likely mm. to be a one-on-one -on -one environment. And far too many professional services firms misunderstand whether they have a marketing challenge or a sales challenge. Yep. So we wrap it up and call it business development, but it's not the same thing. Yep. So lots and lots of professional services people Right now in the CB day are having flat white and lunch everywhere, mm. but nothing happens as a result mm. because they've never been taught what to say in that environment. And they give a history lesson to the firm, but that's not what people buy. Yeah, well, that's a, that's, that's a pitch. It's not a consultative sales process at all. Sure. Right? And, and it's an interesting observation. Like, you know, you referenced earlier, you, you, you go to law school or you go to accountant school and you learn that section 71 says this and this particular act does the following and this is ethical and this is not or whatever, right? They're answers, right? I think one of the greatest shifts in the profession, whether it's law or accounting, is moving from answering questions to asking them. And BD, sales, is asking questions. Tell me where you want to go tomorrow is very much uh, what is happening in that sales process. Thanks for listening to In The Queue with Bruce Coombs and today's guest, Alastair Marshall. If you'd like to learn more, head to quickfeed.com.au or professionalservicesbd.com.au. If you like what you heard today, please follow us so you can get updates on new episodes coming up and share our podcast with colleagues, friends and other firms.